0: Thank you, David. And I'm going to pass it to Kevin. Uh, He's going to read, Kevin Kim, he's going to read the scripture for tonight. So Kevin, go ahead and unmute yourself and you can read Psalm 147.
1: Psalm 147. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praise to our God, for it is pleasant and the song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars, and he gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble, and he casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs, who can't stand before his cold. He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes, and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his rules. Praise the Lord.
0: Great. Thank you, Kevin. So our title for the message tonight is two words we could all say more often. Ready? Chris rules. There you go. (laughs) Say it with me now. No, of course, I'm kidding. Two words that we could all say more often are thank you, right? For the next two Friday nights, our theme is going to be thankfulness. And yes, one reason why our theme is going to be thankfulness is, is because Thanksgiving is around the corner. It is a time carved out, pun intended, to remind us of like life's many blessings and to give thanks for them. But a bigger reason of why we're focusing on this theme for the next couple of weeks is because our default as human beings is to complain, to take things for granted rather than to be thankful and to express that gratitude. So you remember the story, Jesus, he heals 10 sick people all at once, nine of them walk away, only one comes back to give him thanks. And Jesus is like, well, where did the other nine go? And before we shake our heads at those nine too much, isn't that us? Right When it comes to the thankfulness test, our score is we probably get it right about 10% of the time. And the other 90% of the time, we fail, we forget, we gripe, we groan, we get jealous because of what others have that we don't have, and just all of the other kind of stuff that replaces giving thanks. And listen, there is no amount of great inflation that's going to make that 10% look good. So our goal for the next couple of weeks is to grow in our ability to say thank you more often, particularly giving thanks to God. 1 Thessalonians 5, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we will come at this goal of growing in gratitude through the doorway of Psalm 147, which is what Kevin just read for us. And the big idea The big theme of Psalm 147 is that God is our sustainer, okay? So we're going to park there for the next couple of weeks. And so this week, God sustains our physical life, so therefore give him thanks. And next week, God sustains us in our difficulties, in our trials, so therefore give him thanks, okay? So look at verse 7 again. It's right there on on the slide. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. There you go. That is the appropriate response, right, is to give thanks to the Lord. We know that. That we'd be so thankful that we'd be singing thanks to him. And we know that's what we're supposed to do, so how do we get there? And, And one way to get there, according to this psalm, is to see more clearly, you know, with eyes that see beyond what we can physically see in this world, to see more clearly how God actually sustains us, particularly our physical life each and every day. So let's see how this psalm tells us that. And it it highlights several facts and engages us on multiple levels. So here's one fact, Bill, you can go to the next slide. As sustainer, God constantly renews the earth. Right there, verse eight. It's the verse that comes immediately after the sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Um, I don't Bill. maybe that verse is on. There we go. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the Hills, right? God sends the rain. The Psalm says the rain makes things grow. And when things grow, the earth is renewed like plants eating up that carbon dioxide and then giving us oxygen, And I know, I get it, we don't say God sends rain when it's raining outside, usually. Instead we say, hey, I guess the cold front met this high pressure system and it produced lots of precipitation over central Jersey or whatever. But for all of our sophistication, we know this, we cannot control the rain. We only predict it. And we have felt this keenly in the United States. For the last many years, California has had too little rain and it has hurt the farmers and it has increased the wildfires there. A a few years ago, the Midwest, it had too much rain, and farmers couldn't even plant their crops because their fields were like swamps. So even in our advanced 21st century technological society, we realize we cannot sustain ourselves. We cannot renew the earth on our own. We depend on God who alone sends the rain and renews and sustains the earth. Here's another fact from the psalm. Um, a sustainer, God constantly renews us. Uh, you know, what, what, what you see God doing there on a macro scale, like on the earth scale, renewing the earth. God also does this on the micro, on the individual scale with you and me. In other words, God is constantly renewing us too. And, and if there's any molecular biology people here tonight, they'll tell you in, in like one minute, 60 seconds, you, you have about 200 million s- cells die in your body. Right. So we've been here in PCF for about 30, 35 minutes. And so since you've been here, you've lost about 6 billion cells. And here's my question for you. Like, what are you doing about that? What is your plan? (laughs) Right. Like without even thinking about it, you are replacing your skin cells every few weeks, your colon cells every few days, your red blood cells every few months. And the reality is, is you don't even consciously work on these things. Like you consciously work on your problem set or your five-page paper, but yet it happens. It happens nonetheless. It's involuntary, right? And the same thing with your heart beating 100,000 times a day or you breathing 25,000 times today. The point is, is that we take it for granted, but we are literally being renewed minute by minute every single day. Hebrews 1, 3, I'm cheating a little bit by going into the New Testament, but Jesus Christ is the radiance of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's nature, sustaining the universe by the word of his power. Like, and I understand that our cells renew because we eat food and our bodies are capable of replenishing themselves. I get that. But there's a mysterious reality behind that one, which is that somehow Jesus is the source of all life. That Jesus is actually the one renewing and sustaining us, whether we realize it or not. Another fact from this psalm as sustainer, God gives us food. And it's so clear, verse nine, he gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry, right? The rain, we talked about this earlier, it makes things grow, and then things on the earth eat those things that grow. So you picture a beast of the field, right? A cow you know, what is a cow's life purpose? It's to eat grass, it's to give milk, and it's to fertilize the field. And then that cow produces food for us, right? And and according to Disney's The Lion King, this is the circle of life. But according to the Bible, God is the sustainer behind all of this. The rain, the grass, the cow, the milk, the food on our plate. Even the raven, which this verse mentions, which I understand is an obnoxious, aggressive bird. It's one of the bullies of the bird kingdom. They're disloyal even to members of their own family. They too are sustained by God. Like I wouldn't feed the ravens, but God does. In his mercy and his grace, God feeds the ravens. Um, He sustains them too. So when you think about yourself, if God grants you 70 or 80 years of life, He will have to provide you with about 35 tons of food to sustain you. Um, you know, if you, the next time you're on a highway and you see an 18 wheeler truck with that massive, you know, trailer, you know, in the, in the back, that, that's about the size of, of the food bin that you would need. Um, to be sustained your whole life—that's what God provides for you, um, for you to stay alive for the seventy or eighty years that He might give you. Um, and it's just an emphasis. Like next time you're out there on the highway, look at that and say, "Okay, God is my sustainer. Somehow He's going to provide that for me." Another fact is not just that God gives us food. I love this one. As sustainer, God gives us delicious food. Actually, go go back to the last one, Bill. You know, verse fourteen says He fills us with the finest of wheat. let's just think about that. Like, it's not just he doesn't fill us with wheat, but the finest of wheat, right? Doesn't food just taste good? You, You know, food doesn't have to taste good, but it does. And God is the one who provides us with the finest of wheat that fills us, that satisfies us. He doesn't just give us bland calories. You know, he gives us calories with amazing flavor and extraordinary variety and God gave us taste buds to actually experience that glorious variety. And the reality is, is that God could have made you like a computer. You know, when you get low on energy, you just got to plug yourself in or a car. You, you, you got to just just fill yourself up with gas. Right. And I don't think a computer has ever said to itself, man, this electrical charge is delicious. Right. Or a car saying, like, this is some of the best gas I've ever tasted. It might be a comical way of saying it, but but think about it. This is not our experience with food at all, right? It's because God has made food delicious. It's one of his acts of grace towards us. God could have made food purely a functional transaction, right? Tasteless stuff that gives human beings energy, but he made it functional and pleasurable, right? Peanut butter doesn't taste like a carrot, which doesn't taste like curry chicken, with nice cauliflower chunks in it, uh, which doesn't taste like your grandma's peach cobbler, right? <laughs> because God made food delicious and beautiful in appearance and taste. Think about this. Two of the most Instagram posts all over the world are, what do, what do we think? You want to chat it in? Wait for it. Okay, nobody's going to chat it in. Uh, well, yeah, food. No, what kind of food? Pizza and sushi. Those are the two most popular food posts everywhere in the world. (laughs) And think about this. If God made food tasteless, we wouldn't be doing that, right? But Because he did make it beautiful and with great variety and, and, and tasteful, we post pictures of food on social media everywhere. That's what we do. All right. One more fact. And then I just want to move to a few applications to close up here. As sustainer, God also gives us his word. And that's in this Psalm too. It comes in the, in the last part of the Psalm, verse 19. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules to Israel. You know, I was thinking about this. and th- Think about this, this metaphor, this analogy, right? Imagine you're a parent. And there you are. You provide for your kid. You sacrifice for them. You come alongside of them when they're sick. You cook for them, clean for them, all that stuff. It's a beautiful picture of what? A parent sustaining a child. And now here's the twist. Imagine like this parent, you, this parent, you never talk to your child. Or you do talk to them, but your, your kid never really wants to listen to you, right? And so a beautiful picture goes to something that's really, really tragic, really, really sad. And here's where this applies. God sustains us, all of us physically, Right, that's that's what we've been looking at the, at the at this part of the psalm, and that is absolutely true. But God also wants to connect with us in a personal way, and so He gives us His Word by which we can hear Him, listen to Him, and relate to Him. And this this psalm it gets you thinking about food, it gets you thinking about life, it gets you thinking about renewal so much. Maybe so much so that right now or after this meeting, you're going to run to the fridge and then you're going to thank God for all the good stuff that's in there, right? But God knows you can't just live on that. You also need his voice. You need his personal words for you to have real life, the kind of life he wants you to have. What did Jesus say to the enemy in the wilderness? Man and woman can't live by bread alone but they live by every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? Food is good, but we need more than food for real life. And so while we are eager to receive a plate of life-giving food from the hand of God, are we also eager to receive life-giving words from the mouth of God? That's another way that God sustains us in a very personal way. So there are some facts From Psalm 147, like I said, we'll we'll loop back to it and look at it again next week and and think about difficulties and trials. But let me just apply this for a few minutes. uh, And and you can come up with your own applications in, in the small groups after. Some applications and Bill, you can even turn off the you can turn off the slides. God is sustaining you. In order for you to be a student right now. This is one application. Think about that. God is sustaining you. And one of his purposes for sustaining you is for you to be a student right now. And so you can give him thanks for that. I know this is the time of year where you all get fatigued and weighed down by academic cares. And I think that's just the normal course of things when it's mid-November. That just is what happens. But when you wake up tomorrow morning, you know, and you see your stack of books there, You can truly say, okay, God has sustained me for another day. And one of his purposes in sustaining me right now is for me to be a student. And hopefully that perspective will lift some of that burden and replace it with thanksgiving and trust and hope. Another another point of application, we are so much more fragile than we realize. We have come so far in our modern society But we've come so far that I think we rarely pray to God, give us this day our daily bread. And then the pandemic came and grocery store shelves were empty. Toilet paper, gone, right? But more seriously, I I remember going grocery shopping and rice and beans, gone. Bread and yeast, gone. Meat and produce being delivered sporadically, depending on what day you showed up. And I realized oh my goodness, we are so much closer to disaster than I ever realized in my cushy 48 years of existence. And this pandemic, and I hope this psalm, it exposes the reality that our abundance allows us to forget. We depend on God. We are fragile. And God is the one sustaining us every moment of the day. And maybe 2020 is the year for many of us to learn this lesson, you know, a little bit more deeply than we normally do. A couple of more, uh, God delights in you. God delights in you if you have put your hope in him. I love that part of the psalm. I hope you caught it. God does not delight in the strength of a horse or in the legs of a man. Why? Because he is the source of that strength. And he is the one who sustains the horse. He is the one who sustains the man. So so why would God be impressed with that, right? And so our modern adaptation for this might be something like, God does not delight in the brilliance of a scholar. And again, why? It's because God is the source of that person's mind, God is the one sustaining the the billions of neurons that make that person a brilliant scholar. And so we're told God delights in those who put their hope in his unfailing love. And so if you are relating rightly to God, then hear this, God delights in you because you're putting your hope in him. You are fearing him as you should finally one more when it comes to god's love for us it is the cross and and here's what i mean by that if you're a christian you are defined by the reality that jesus came to this earth that he lived the life that we couldn't live that he died for our sins and that he rose again for us conquering our sin and conquering the grave And that is our life's foundation. Absolutely. And so we rightfully call him beautiful savior for that reason. And sometimes, however, we slip into thinking that Jesus' love for us on the cross sums up pretty much what God has done for us. And again, I come back to what I'm saying here. It is the cross and yes, God is our savior. Jesus is our savior. And he has demonstrated that love profoundly to us through the cross. But God demonstrates his love for us every single minute of the day by being our sustainer too. Yes, God shows his love for us through the cross, but he shows his love for us through our next plate of food. By renewing your body tonight when you sleep, by giving you your next breath. So I hope you can see that God's love for you is very specific, very personal in the cross through Jesus Christ and by giving us his spirit, but it is also very specific and very personal every single day by the countless ways that God sustains us and cares for us. It's a sign of his grace and love and affection for us. Let's pray lord god you are a great savior and a great sustainer that is who you are and that is who you always have been and you are the one who has brought us here together here tonight and your love for us is so clear it it is clear through the cross and it is clear through the countless ways you have sustained us up to this point in our lives Lord, please forgive us for how quickly, how prone we are to forget this. Help us be a people who see you and all that you have done for us more clearly. Transform us to be a people who, the way the psalm puts it, who sing to you with thanksgiving for all of your love and your care for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name, who is our great savior and our great sustainer. Amen.